Really good to have you with us here. It is Monday. I'm Eric Carpenter. This is KCVL, KCRK, the uh, pretty much blue skies. Boy, oh boy, was it windy late yesterday on into last night. The winds were gusting well over 25 miles an hour and uh, pretty a uh, lot of big changes in the world of firearms this year. People starting to feel the effect. They're going to feel it at the Fort Colville uh, Gun Club show. That gun show taking place at the Ag Trade Center. One major difference this year, no firearms. We talked with the gun club board member about that and the show coming up. My name is Jeff Hall. I'm on the board of the Fort Colville Gun Club, the upcoming preparedness expo on St. Patrick's Day weekend this year. Recent changes in the state of Washington's gun laws make it very difficult for a nonprofit like the gun club to have a gun show. Every firearm, regardless of what it is, has to be transferred by a licensed federal firearms dealer. And the state of Washington, for having a background check, has a new program called SAFE. It's done through the Washington State Patrol. So let me put this in perspective. Three years ago, I could walk into Clark's, show my concealed pistol license, buy a handgun, and walk out the door. Now, if I go in there, I have to show identification, prove that I have had training, purchase the firearm, and then wait two weeks to go back and pick it up. And there's about four or five different forms that need to be filled out now. It used to be just the federal 4473 form, but it's very time-consuming for the store. So, for example, if we if we ask Clarks, hey, can you come in here and run background checks and then hold the guns for two weeks at your store? That would take a tremendous amount of manpower for them, away from the customers that do walk in the door, because they have all of this paperwork to go through and document and all the rest of that stuff. So so I was just speaking with other board members, Chuck Meese, and one thing that we just discussed is we may allow people to display firearms, but they cannot sell them there. And we'll make that very clear to everybody if we decide to adopt that. So if some guy has a firearm that he would like to sell and wants to display it there, then he's willing to find an FFL to transfer, to transfer it and to hold on to it. They're more than welcome to do that. We don't know for sure if we're going to allow that. As you hear, changes there. Maybe a few guns on display, maybe not. One of those big maybes. Uh, They do need an FFL dealer who wants to participate, and uh, they would entertain allowing that person a space to do transactions. Uh, Next week we'll be hearing more about the gun preparedness show. Uh, That does come up at the Ag Trade Center. That'll be March 16th and 17th. Let's get an update on activities going on in Olympia, the Capitol Report, with Representative Joel Kretz. 
Welcome to Capital Report. I'm John Satgast. My guest is 7th District State Representative Joel Kretz from Wakanda. Thanks for being with us on our program. Thank you. Can you give us an update on your House Bill 2424? That's the measure that would require the Department of Fish and Wildlife to engage with the Confederated Tribes on the Colville Reservation on the Gray Wolf issue. Tell us about that. Sure. Well, it, it passed the Senate Committee on Agriculture, Water, and Natural Resources, and Parks, hoping it'll reach the Senate floor. Uh, it's, it's a bill that deals with uh, a little bit, a small part of the wolf situation back home. Hopefully give a little relief on the old former North Half, which the tribe retained hunting and fishing rights. They're in a, an old agreement with co-management status with the Department of Fish and Wildlife, which has been there since 98. And this will require the state and the tribe to work more closely together, not duplicate efforts. You know, the tribe has a few more tools than the state does, so I think it could be a pretty big help. And then you also have House Bill 1835. Give us an update on your Frontier County Bill. It's a simple little bill, no policy, no money. It simply changes the definition. We've used rural for targeting money programs, all sorts of things for many years. And rural is such a broad term that it usually winds up in big towns, nowhere near anything what we would, you know, from back home consider to be rural. So it creates two new definitions of Frontier 1 and Frontier 2 that lines up with federal statutes that are already in place. And it's going to give us a lot better uh, chance for really more surgically targeting things. You know, I've run into frustrations with, uh, you know, internet connectivity of trying to get it out to the places, you know, most in need that are probably never going to get broadband. They're just too far out. They're too isolated. And this will give us a chance to uh, uh, more carefully direct, uh, you know, assistance towards getting people hooked up. And just a few days left of the legislative session, which ends on the 7th of March. It's budget week. (laughs) Are you excited about it? Tell us what your thoughts are on the budget so far. Well, excited probably isn't the word, but it it just continues more massive state spending. You know, our operating budget's more than doubled in the last decade. Uh, How many of you have had your budget double in the last decade? Not too many, I'm pretty sure. In Olympia, this has been Capitol Report from Washington House Republicans. Well, uh, it was an interesting uh, weekend uh, for me. Uh, Two two things. Uh, Yesterday... Uh, Jody Hoffman put on dog days down at the fairgrounds, and I, I did make it down there and uh, wanted to see uh, just how my dog would do with all the other dogs and that. Yeah, she, had, she, she did okay. Uh, but uh, tell you, over the years, Jody Hoffman has worked for a long time with a whole lot of Everything from 4-H'ers to just uh, community members and working on the dog park and everything to do with with the uh, dogs. Had a good turnout. Everybody learned about a little bit about search and rescue and uh, some of the things and the supplies and how to be more prepared for yourself and your dog so you don't end up being out there uh, lost in the woods. So uh, it was a really good and well-attended event, Dog Day, Dog Days down at the Ag Trade Center yesterday, and then right after uh, Dog Days, uh, I get home and the power's on, everything's good. Went to uh, fix some lunch and the power goes out. Get a hold of a Vista and uh, it was pretty quick. The guys got out, got the power back on. And that lasted for about 20 minutes. 
loud bang, power's out again. And uh, hats off to the Vista guys that get out there. The wind was uh, 25 miles an hour plus, uh, 10, 11, 10 last night when uh, uh, pole in the field out back, uh, they had their uh, lift truck fully extended up to one of the high poles and trying to get things going. Um Thought that it was ready to go. They went back to the substation, turned the power back on. Another loud bang. And so they uh, come back down and they go back out and up on the pole. They are again in the middle of the night and the wind a-blowing. And eventually they got whatever they did. They got it done and fixed and it's uh, working. Uh, taking a look around the area, there were a number of scattered outages here and there for a while. A good part of uh, uh, over uh, west of Kettle Falls was out of power. They got that back on fairly quickly, but then there were some scattered hours uh, outages. Uh, Townsend Sackman area down uh, in the uh, Ford, well-pinned area, number of outages yesterday. It was gusty winds. Well, pretty good for our area because over crews for Seattle City Light, they had to restore power uh, all over Seattle yesterday. Uh, they uh, had 5,700 customers affected in South Seattle and mostly east of Interstate 5 near Lake Washington. Uh, they still have uh, scattered outages uh, out this morning over in the Seattle area with uh, the gusty, blowing winds that we had. Republicans opposing a supplemental operating budget that did pass over the weekend from the House of Representatives. They say it boosts uncontrolled spending without tax relief. Here's John Satgast. House Republican budget leader Chris Corey of Yakima says the Democratic plan spends substantially more than making mid-course adjustments to the $70 billion operating budget passed last year. We're told this is a true supplemental budget. There is a variety of new policy programming and spending in here out of $2.2 billion. That's a thousand percent increase over 10 years. With state revenues up, Kennewick Representative April Connors says some of that money should have been returned to struggling Washington taxpayers for food, groceries, and housing. The state collected an extra $3.3 billion over this four-year outlook. This is the people's money we have collected. We owe the people to give some of their money back to them. The bill passed 58 to 37 with Republicans voting no. It now goes to a House-Senate conference committee to work out details of a final plan that must be approved by both chambers before the legislature adjourns March 7th. John Satgast. The state capital. Looking for a little comfort in your life? Call the expert, your carrier dealer. Carrier dealers are the authorities at getting peak performance from your heating and cooling system. So call your carrier dealer first. He has ways of making you very comfortable. Carrier, turn to the experts at ABC Heating and Electric in Colville at 411 West 2nd. Or call Deb for an appointment at 684-2018 or go to abc-heating.com. 
Even if a school district wanted to, they won't be able to remove certain books under a bill that passed the State House and the Senate. Tracy Ellis has that report. The measure prohibits schools from rejecting books with content on protected classes. Senator Jim McCune offered an amendment aimed at keeping pornographic material out of schools. Sexual graphic content, sexual nudity, frankly, frequent profanity in these books. And we're talking about we can't remove these books. McCune says parents' rights should be considered in the legislation. I'm speaking for the parents that can't be here, don't know what's going on. And they just want to protect their innocent children in school. Senate Republicans also spoke out against the erosion of local control. The bill passed both chambers of the legislature with no Republican support. The Senate made changes, so it now heads back to the House. In Olympia, I'm Tracy Ellis. All depends on what team you're rooting for. It was a good weekend. It was a disastrous weekend. Yeah, college basketball. Uh, led by Gray Mikey's 26 points, the Gonzaga Bulldogs defeating Santa Clara Broncos Saturday night, 94-81. The Bulldogs now 22-6 with that win. Arizona State men's basketball, they pulled off an upset over Washington State, 73-61 Saturday defeating a ranked opponent for the first time this season, the Sun Devils, dominant defensively. Of course, uh, Washington State, they defeated Arizona only two days earlier. The Cougars against Arizona State shot 17% from the three-point line. They shot 33% against Arizona Thursday. Um, the Cougars only dropped three of their 18 attempts beyond the arc. The Arizona State head coach Bobby Hurley called the defensive performance one of the Sun Devils' best of the season. Oh, boy, it was short-lived. WSU Cougars were in first place in the Pac-12 after defeating Arizona Thursday, and then they lose to Arizona State. Arizona State 8-9 and nine in Pac-12 play. Former Seattle Seahawks star Richard Sherman arrested, suspicion of DUI. About 4 a.m. Saturday, according to the State Patrol, the retired five-time All-Pro cornerback booked into the King County Jail. Sherman going to have a court hearing today to address conditions of his release from jail. No bail set yet. A state patrol trooper wrote that Sherman was stopped about 2 a.m. Saturday, Interstate 405 was going 79 in a 60-mile-per-hour zone. Sherman told troopers he had two margaritas. He refused a breathalyzer but agreed to do some voluntary tests. The troopers say they observed signs that he was under the influence. 
and arrested him. Today's local weather forecast brought to you by ABC Heating and Electric, 411 West 2nd in Colville. If you're looking for a little comfort in your life, call the expert, your carrier dealer at ABC Heating and Electric. Give Deb a call, 509-684-2018. They still say we might get a, you know, a little precipitation today, 39 for a high. Expecting it to get cold tonight, around 18 degrees, 36 sunny on Tuesday. Possibility of snow Tuesday night, a low of 25. Early morning, a little snow on Wednesday possible, turning to rain. Uh, they say we might get up to an inch of snow Wednesday. Uh, start off as rain Wednesday night, possibly mixing to snow, a low of 35. 42 the high Thursday, 39 Friday. Again, we're looking at about a 60-70% chance of precipitation, uh, partly sunny by Sunday. High temperatures still staying up around 38 Carrier dealers, the authorities are getting peak performance from your heating and cooling system. ABC Heating and Electric. We do have a slight breeze from the southwest. The barometer down at 29.75. And we are right on 30 degrees starting the uh, Monday off. 7.31, good morning. Thanks for joining us. I'm Eric Carpenter, and this is KCVL, KCRK.